All right, folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea. I'm back, back in the Holy Land. Thank you, Lord, for helping me uh, make it through uh, a great trip in the United States and healthy and sound back in the Holy Land. Uh, you know, made it through the various blockades. Uh, I say that tongue-in-cheek, of course, but there's a, a type of blockade of flying in and out of uh, the United States now, uh, the so-called corona blockade. Um, you know, I my, my thoughts on this is that it's a little too draconian, these measures. I think that uh, there's medicines. I think that there's um, hospitals that should be built. I think that there's uh, should not be closures of this magnitude. Uh, I think people should be tested. That's fine. I think they should be healed. I think that this sickness, for the most part, is is not as uh, as is is not as dangerous. Uh, of course, it has a danger and should be treated. But I don't believe in in these in these wide sweeping closures. I just think it's uh, exaggerated. But be that as it may, I was able uh, to make it to the United States and back from the United States back to the Holy Land. I got to see uh, the beautiful state of Texas. Uh, the beautiful state of Florida, uh, Nevada, and Las Vegas, and got to meet great Jewish community there as well. And then from there uh, to New York City, got to see the Altaheim, the old land, uh, the the old home, and it was also good. And uh, it was just great to meet people, connect with people, and give people strength, get strength. People say to me, what do you do on these trips? And I always say, I do the same thing every time. I give out sparks, and I collect sparks. That's what I do. I, I have sparks to give. I have sparks to get. <laughs> and that's that's my job out there. So I give my speeches, give my talks, meet with people, give people strength, and pick up strength, pick up donations, pick up connections, uh, pick up uh, the next place that I'm going to speak at next time. So it's a lot of fun. And in fact, uh, when I get off uh, recording now, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll reach out to the friends in, in Vegas. I had a, a very good uh, connection there, and I'd love to go speak there. Um. We have uh, an awesome Torah portion, which is, it's really awesome. It's the beginning of the book of redemption, the book of Shemot, and we're going to meet the exile, we're going to meet the slavery, and then we're also going to meet Moses, the Redeemer. Indeed, we're going to meet Moses, the Great Redeemer, and um, first we learn that 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 Pharaoh, there's a new Pharaoh in town, and, and he wants to get rid of the Jews one way or another, he's afraid of them, the, the Egyptians are afraid of them. And he comes up with this uh, plan. And the plan is a plan of genocide or, or, or what is it, babyside, fratricide, whatever it is, the killing of, of children. I, didn't, I don't think that's the right word. What is the right word? I think there's a word called pedicide or infanticide. Uh, these, are, these are words of, uh, anyway, they're bad words. And uh, they're about uh, what was happening there, which is the killing of children. And uh, the killing of the boys. And then we have the story of the two midwives. Uh, according to the Medrash, they're Jewish. Uh, according to more simple reasoning, uh, they are Egyptians uh, who are part of the, part of the Egyptian kind of um, court. And uh, they themselves refused and we're not, we're not going to be part of the plan to kill the Jewish babies. If you think about it, we really meet um, these Shifran Pua and Batia or Bitya, and this is the daughter of Pharaoh, and they are all not into the killing of the Jewish babies. By the way, three women. Uh, and in general, uh, you're going to meet also Yocheved, uh, the mother of, of Moses, and you're going to meet Miriam. And there's a lot of Jewish heroines. So the, the beginning of this book starts with Jewish heroines who bring about the Jewish hero Moses, but like the picture is... Uh, at the beginning of this book is like Jewish and non-Jewish women, maybe, who are saving the planet. They're sa- they're, they are protecting the world. Uh, and that's just an important kind of thought to have, which is the, the book of Shemot starts with the, the, the strength of, of women uh, who will not allow such a uh, evil, dastardly plan to, to, to ruin the world. And we have this great story about Moses being in a, in a little tiny ark, right? He's in a, he's in a, uh, a floating 
tiny, what do we call it, little little tub that protects him. And that, uh, and I've mentioned this many times on the show, that reminds us of Noah, Noah's Ark. Noah also floated on top of the world uh, and was saved by God and remembered by God, and so too Moses. Uh, and in this case, it was uh, and it, not, not, not God that opened the, the little ark, but it was uh, an Egyptian woman, uh, a daughter of Pharaoh, an important person who maybe already was on the path of finding the, the true God uh, and reaches out and opens it, and she calls the child that she sees there, she calls him Moshe, which means in Egyptian, in ancient Egyptian, means son, like S-O-N, like my son. Uh, but God adds in that I pulled him out of the water, uh, and that's exactly what Moses' character is going to be, is that he's going to be a puller-outer. He's going to pull her outer out of danger. He's going to pull the Jewish people out of various dangers. We have uh, right at the beginning the first act of Moses, other than kind of surviving, is that he goes out and he and he um, he he leaves the castle seemingly. It doesn't even say that he leaves the castle. He says, He goes out to his brothers. What does that mean? Uh, it means that from his subjective viewpoint or from an objective viewpoint. Does that mean the Torah is saying? That his uh, that these are his brothers and he doesn't know it, or does it mean that he's going out to, to meet his brothers? We don't really know, but one way or the other, he's going out to meet the Jewish people and he sees their hardships, and he's vayar ish mitzri make ish ivri mechav. He sees an Egyptian man hitting uh, a Hebrew person from his brothers. Vayifen kovacho. He turns this way and that way. Vayar kien ish. He sees that there is no person. Vayachet mitzri. He hits the Egyptian, and in this in, in meaning to say he kills him, and he buries him or hides him in the sand. Uh, the phrase, he turns this way and that way, has many, many interpretations. And I'll give you three, because there's really at least three great ways of, of understanding it. One way is that the simple way, which is he looks to see. Is anybody looking? And what, 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 Though he is looking to see if anybody else is looking, what he doesn't know and that he's going to find out is that the Jew that's saved is a talk about it. He's a talker and and maybe not even a great guy uh, because the next day may be very well that he accuses Moses of killing the Egyptian and, and, and he's not really built for revolt and revolution because he's uh, a blabbermouth. And so he turns this way and that way, but he doesn't understand that the Jew that he's saving is actually a guy that could easily uh, divulge the information of who the culprit was, and it was Moses. So he turns this way and that way looking for Egyptians, but he doesn't understand that he's in danger when he's doing the act uh, from, from his fellow Jew. Uh, but in simple terms, he is looking to see if there's anybody watching. Fine. That's one explanation. Another explanation is, a, is much more mystical, which is he looks throughout the generations, and he sees that this Egyptian has nobody meritorious uh, in his line, before or after, and he kind of understands that it's that it, that that smiting him uh, will um, will it's 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 the right thing to do, and it won't destroy something precious in this world because we also know that many times even arch criminals have great people that come from them, uh, and and the the Gemara gives a lot of examples of uh, the sons of Haman, for example, of Haman who became great Torah learners in Bnei Brak, in, in the land of Israel. So he sees, he, he looks deeply and he, and he sees that, that there, is no, there is no redeeming value to this Egyptian. And the last one, which I only heard a few years ago, which I like a lot, is that he actually turned this way and that way, meaning to say he had to decide, what am I, Moses? What am I? Am I an Egyptian or am I Hebrew? I have to turn this way and that way. Uh, and he saw that if he if he if he doesn't make a decision, nothing's going to come out of him. you'll understand that that this is not this is, there's no pathway to try to walk the middle road, but rather you're going to have to decide who indeed you are, Moses. Are you an Egyptian or are you a Hebrew? And so he decides. He decides to be a, a hero. He decides to be a Jewish hero. Uh, however, next day, so that's three explanations on Vaif and Kovachov. Next day is that he finds out that uh, uh, when he's when he's trying to protect one Jew from hurting another Jew, he realizes, oh gosh, uh, the one Jew says to him, are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? 
and he realizes that the information has been divulged and he had to run away. He had to run away from Egypt. Uh, the next scene is very important. First thing, first thing, you know what? Let me let me take one step back. This moment when when he realizes that the Jew is willing to sell him out is the moment of Jewish politics. It's like, are you going to enter this fray of Israeli politics and 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 the situation? Don't you understand that these Jews are a really tough lot? And so the the Torah gives us it gives us a moment where it's like. Where, where, where Moses has to ask himself, like, do I really need this? Do I need to deal with these people? And, and, and the Torah gives us, lays out the story in such a way that anybody would ask themselves, like, do you really want to start defending these people and helping these people? They're really going to, they're going to strike at you immediately. You're going to be called out personally. And indeed, they call out Moses many times in, in the story of the Torah. And he's got a personal cost that he has to face when dealing with uh, when with the Jewish people, next step is that he actually goes to Midian, and he rescues the girls, uh, these young ladies that are shepherdesses. He rescues them from the hand of strangers. And I always ask people, I'm like, if you're Moses, would you really get involved in this like shepherding battle of of who deserves the water at the well? I would say, uh, don't get involved. You're a stranger, and anyway, if you're going to get involved. Might as well just side with the strong men instead of these weak women, especially in that time, right? It's like it's like why side with this with this uh, with these people that are, you know, look these other guys they're 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 men and they're you know they're they're you know obviously have the upper hand in society. Why protect these women? And and you don't even know the backstory. Maybe there's a backstory. Maybe their father stole that water from them. Who knows? Uh, but the beauty of Moses is that he is impetuous for justice. Uh, he 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 is uh, willing to fight for his truth, even though he's not even you know in that fight. He gets himself into that fight, and I think that when God sees that, when He sees basically these three incidences, which is one uh, to protect the Jew from the Egyptian, then to try to stop Jewish fighting, and then finally to even protect these strange non-Jewish women. In a land that he's a foreigner in, uh, God sees in the character of Moses an amazing character trait of, uh, of a person who is just um, burning for justice. And then God reveals himself in the burning bush. I was recently in the desert. Uh, maybe you heard that show. And when I was in the desert, uh, I saw one of these uh, desert, uh, desert shrubs. And I recalled that that many times when I spent time with the Bedouins, they would they would break down those very desert shrubs, break them into little pieces, and light them on fire. And you know what? Those desert shrubs are amazing burners. They burn so fast, so hot, and it gets eaten up in a second. It's a great fire starter, a kindler. What what I realized is that when Moses sees the burning bush and it's not eaten. That's why he's so surprised. It's like, wait a minute, this should be eaten much faster. I know what this thing is. I'm a desert person. And he, he realizes that it's not eaten, and he's fascinated by this constant energy, right? And if you think about it, that is a great mystery of this world, the constant energy of this world. Where does it come from? Why do atoms, uh, why do the electrons spin around the protons? Why, why, does the planets, why do the planets spin around the, uh, the, the sun? Why does the solar system you know, sp- spin around. Where does this energy come from? And so, so the question of of uh, uh, of the endless energy of the world and where where it begins and where it ends is a scientific question. It's a question that that a man of of a searcher will ask. And then there's a different explanation, which I like a lot, which is, and I read this in the uh, in the Tivot Shalom, which is. The greatest mystery in the world, uh, the greatest social mystery in the world, is the survival of the Jewish people. And Moses is like, you know what? These Jewish people should have been eaten up by the slavery of Egypt. They should have been destroyed. They should have been annihilated. They should have been assimilated. How is it that they don't su- that they don't succumb to it? How is it that they survive? And so that's what Moses' question is. He's like, how is it that they survive? What is the mystery? What is the what is the secret of the Jews? And that, of course, is the question that Mark Twain asked, I think, in those words, like, what is his secret? What is the secret? How does the Jew survive? 
And, you know, maybe I'll find you that to quote. Right. So, so it goes like this. It goes, uh, the Egyptian, the Babylonian, the Persian rose, filled the planet with sound and splendor, then faded to dream stuff and passed away. The Greek and the Roman followed and made a vast noise, and they are gone. Other peoples have sprung up and held their torch high for a time, but it burnt out, and they sit in twilight now or have vanished. The Jew saw them all, beat them all, and is now what he always was, exhibiting no decadence, no infirmities of age, no weakening of his parts, no slowing of his energies, no dulling of his alert and aggressive mind. All things are mortal, but the Jew. All other forces pass, but he remains. What is the secret of his immortality? Asks Mark Twain. And that is maybe the question that Moses is fascinated by when he sees the burning bush. How is it that this bush is not eating eaten? How is it that the Jewish people are not eaten away by some force that has taken away all these other great peoples? What is the source of Jewish continuity? And uh, I believe that the one one way of analysis of uh, Jewish um, uh, one way of analysis of Jewish immortality is actually through the uh, no. Let me say it again. One way of analyzing the Torah's laws is through do they promote immortality or not? Shabbat, uh, sexual ethics, uh, eating certain foods. Uh, etc. Are, are are in many ways to me one of the purposes of of these commandments is the goal of Jewish immortality. And the word immortality is a tricky word. It maybe it means something different today than it meant back then. But you know what I mean: the non destruction of the Jewish people throughout time. Uh, and that's the way. Many times I'll analyze a mitzvah. I'll be like, oh, this contributes, and people like be like, do we need kashrut or this and that? Do we need this? I'm like, you know, oh, it was only because there was no refrigeration and all kinds of silly thoughts like that. I'm like, no, see, there's there's a, a death energy in this kind of eating and there's a non-death energy in this kind of eating. And and, and in general, the Jewish concern is to keep, <clears throat> keep death energy off. And that's what, and when you're, when you're thinking about that in, in terms of many things, let's say, for example, uh, 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 relationship ethics, sexual ethics, uh, um, rights for the dead, how it's treated, for example, not bringing Kohanim into the graveyard, for example, or when, yes. It's just, a, it's just a constant concern, which we don't usually vocalize, we don't usually verbalize, but the concern is uh, how, to, how to make sure that, that we are uh, free of death energy. And there, there are many ways. And, 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 of course, the ultimate of that is the red heifer, the paraduma is the ultimate way in which uh, we do not succumb to the energy of death. And so that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is, is looking at right here. He's, he's concerned, he's surprised, he is, he is mystified by a Jewish survivor like Mark Twain. And then God will come to him and, and tell him, well, yeah, it's me, and I need you to do something for me, and I need you to go set the, uh, I, I need you to do a job for me. I need, I'm, I'm the Redeemer and you're the Messiah. I need you to go, I need you to go the, do the earthly job so it's an earthly game and not just a heavenly game. There's a few extremely famous phrases here. One of them is when, when the name of God. It says, Moses said to the God, I'm going to come to the children of Israel. I'll tell them, the God of your forefathers sent me to you. And they'll say to me, excuse me, and they'll say to me, what's his name? What should I tell them? This business of, of the name, it's a very interesting thing. And, and also, you know, Pharaoh says later, like, I don't know what this name is. I don't know who this, this God is. What's his name? It's a very interesting, it's a very interesting question. You know, uh, kind of, I don't know if, if we relate to it very well. Like, why... Why do I need to know the name so much? Uh, maybe the name really means like what is what is his what is his uh, the name? Maybe what they mean as well, you know, like in Greek, you know, the Greeks they had a god of you know travelers and god of the weather and god of the water and god of the sea and god of the sun and god of war. Like, what's your god of what? And God says to him, "Well, if you're going to ask me like that, then I guess the answer is I will be." 
I will be that which I will be. Uh, and and you cannot exactly, you'll not exactly uh, understand because it's a little too, like, you can't, you cannot limit me to I'm the God of the chairs or I'm the God of the tables or I'm the God of the seas, or I'm the God of the skies. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger than that. And you're not going to fathom it fathom it just that easily and so therefore the answer is hey yeah tell them that which i will be will be but i also really like the rashi here it's a very it's a very beautiful rashi for some reason i don't think it's very famous but i i i love it he says hey yeah i will be that which i will be hey imam says rashi hey imam imam i will be i will be with them in this predicament what I will be with them in their subjugation by other kingdoms and predicaments. Moses says to him, God, why should, I, why should I tell them about further problems when they're just dealing with this problem? You've spoken well, and therefore, um, and therefore say to them, uh, my original intention which is that um, uh, just tell him Eheyeh uh, has sent me, uh, which means that that you know, like I said before, like the the, the God that's uh, the the big God, the God that that's going to take care of the things that, that this is my plan. I think really that's the I think that's the the underlying theme here, which is this is the plan. This is the this is the way it works. I get I got like I get like atheists, Jewish atheists, obviously writing to me on Twitter. They're like, why does God do this? And why does God do that? And like, and they have all these claims. And, and in Egypt, they could be like, well, why did he send us into slavery? And why do we need this whole thing? And God says, hey, yeah. But, but the first one, the Rashi answer, let's just stop on that for just one second and kind of like contemplate that. God says to Moses, tell them, I'm with you in your troubles now and I'll be with your troubles later. If you think about it, that's an answer to what we were talking about before, which is the eternity of the Jewish people, which is I'll be with them in this hardship and I will be them in, with them in other hardships. And that's the way I plan the world. If you think about it, it, it dovetails, which is I'm the God that you can't exactly understand. I have a plan and I'll be with you in the, and you're going to be a people of hardships and I'll be with you in this hardship and I'll be with you with other hardships. I, I want to recommend everybody uh, that listens to the show to just say to themselves, to say the words, and allow those words to sweep over you and let, them, let these words say to you, God is with me in my troubles. He's got a plan for me. Uh, he, he has a plan for our people and for this time and for this generation. And his name is Eheyeh. He will be fulfilled. He will he will uh, make his plan come to fruition. I can trust him. He will be with me in this hardship and in the next hardship. And there's something in these words that if you just say it, it's incredibly, um, it gives you a lot of strength. It gives you a lot of strength, a lot of faith. Faith gives you strength. Tell them has sent for them. is with us. And, and he's not just in the now, he's in the future. It's, it's, move, it's always moving forward. And it's got a vision. It's got a future. And that's, that's his name. His name is Eheyeh. And you, can, and you can lean on that name. However, that was, that's, that's the Eheyeh name. Um, but God also adds another name, which is one of the most beautiful verses. Write the next verse. Vayomer od. God says another thing, though. Elohim el Moshe. God says one more thing. I, there's another thing I want to tell you, which is, tell them, tell the children of Israel, Hashem. Elohe Avotechem, Hashem, the, 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 the name of God, which is the God of your forefathers. Elohe Avraham, the God of Abraham. Elohe Yitzchak, the God of Isaac. Elohe Yaakov, the God of Jacob. Shalchani Elechem, He has sent me to you. Ze Shmi Le'olam, this is my name for eternity. Ve Zichri Le'dor Do. And this is my name from generation to generation. So, what's the name? He says, my name is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Or the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. That's my other name. So, if you, if you, so here, you have the division between Jerusalem and Hebron, right? Jerusalem, that's the Eheyeh name. 
right? That's the name I will be, and I will build that third temple, and things will be in the future. There's a Messiah, and there's a vision, and the great things that are coming. And then there's also the, um, the pillar of the past. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Interesting that you would have thought that it would be reversed, the order. It would be like, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. That's the pillar. And in the future, I will be this. But interestingly, it doesn't go that way. And, and I've seen that pattern a few times, which it's like, it's like I, I have a great vision. So you can trust me. You can follow me. But by the way, I'm based in this, in this promise that I made back then. And maybe, maybe we don't have the, uh, the space today to discuss that fully. But uh, the idea is that there's this tension between Jerusalem, which is, which is the future-based city, and Hebron, which is the, the eternal covenant city uh, with the forefathers and mothers. Um, I wanna, I, there's so much more to discuss, but I don't want to overburden you. And first thing I want to tell you so much, uh, what a pleasure it is to be with you. And I'm sending you my love here from my room. I've been in uh, so-called uh, a corona lockdown. No, in quarantine, be dude. I call it administrative detention. I've been in an administrative detention. Today's my last day, hopefully, if I pass my exams uh, and show that I'm that I'm not about bioterrorist, then I will be clean. No, but the truth of the matter is I'm, I'm all for testing. That's fine. And that's a great way to get people not to uh, infect others. Fine. Um, but I am, uh, thank God, mostly healthy and, and feeling good. And it was a great trip. And I'm glad to be back home. And I can't wait to rejoin society out there. And I'm, I'm thankful to Hashem for my good, uh, my good house and my good room and my, my great family. God bless them. Um, I want to I thank you all for being with me here. I want to thank all the new people that have uh, uh, become coffee drinkers with me, have bought me a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai and have bought me a coffee as their way of supporting the show. It's incredibly touching and moving. And I want to thank all of you out there for, 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 for joining. And those who haven't joined, consider buying me, buying me a cup of coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. And you can go to yishaifleischer.com and there's a button there as well, which is buy me a coffee. It's really a fun and easy way. And I've had two coffees today, although not like real coffee beans, but rather all kinds of fake stuff that I've been drinking as coffee alternatives. It doesn't matter. It's still a coffee, for God's sakes. So I want to thank you very much. Uh, and I want to thank all the other people that make this show possible and happen. Uh, first and foremost, it's you, the listeners. Without you, then, you know, it, nothing would, would matter. And so I would love to, to no, I would, I would like to ask you, and I would love if you would, um, give, give our show a, a high star rating. I don't want to say five stars. Uh, you know, however many stars you think we deserve, uh, that would be great. Uh, and also share it with your friends and share it, share it on your social media platforms if you think the show is, is worth it. Um, and uh, thanks so much. The other folks I want to thank is the good folks at Prohibition Pickle. Prohibition Pickle make a great uh, pickle and a great Shabbos treats, and I haven't had my, my Prohibition Pickle fix for a long time, so it's time to get fixed up with that, and it's a great way to send a gift to, uh, to somebody you love here in the land of Israel, and, uh, and uh, Chaim does a great job. Check out his Facebook page and his Instagram page, Prohibition Pickle. Check out uh, the good folks at. Um, we have so many more sponsors, and they've like they've dropped off a little bit off my radar. I got to get back to them. For example, yesterday Simcha Gluck was here, and he's the purveyor of great uh, creams and health products called Jerusalem Salves. And if you go to Jerusalem Salves and you type in uh, a coupon code Yishai, boom, you will get I think ten percent off. And you'll get great salves from the land of Israel. You'll be putting those salves back on your body. That's really cool and neat. Uh, and um, highly recommended that uh, um, that you use that kind of products that, that are not only benefiting you, but bringing you the land of Israel to, to your house, to your skin, to your body. Uh, of course, I want to thank the great folks at Hebron Fund. That's the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs. That's the Jewish community of Hebron, the world's oldest Jewish community. Please continue to support us by going to Hebron Fund. And we have a big fat campaign coming up, and your help is desperately needed at this time to strengthen our yearly campaign and to make sure that we continue strong. For We've continued for 3,500 years, and let's make it 3,501 with your help. And what else? Uh, and, of course, JewishPress.com. They put out a great product a great email, uh, and they feature the Ishai Fleischer Show and other great shows. 
So check that out. There's many more sponsors. I got to get back to my list and find them. Uh, but uh, the number one sponsor, of course, is Hashem. And thank you very much, God, for this opportunity. And thank you to Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, Tabitha, Yocheved, and Lou for getting the show out to the world. Thank you very much, and God bless you guys. And finally, just one last thought before uh, before I leave you here, and and we are going to go to the Yishai Malka section. That's right, Malka Fleischer is back, and she is going to give us uh, the Malka strength. There's nobody like Malka to give us that koach. Uh, but before I do, just one last Torah thought on, on this Torah portion of Shemot. It's an amazing Pasuk, and that is chapter 4, verse 12. God says to him, Moses, I want you to go and be my emissary. Vata, and now, lech, go. picha. I will be with your mouth. I'll tell you what to, how to speak. And, and Moses told him beforehand, I'm, I'm heavy of speech. And my explanation is heavy of speech doesn't mean he's a stutterer. And the Rambam is totally against this idea that he's a stutterer. And I'm totally against that idea. What he means is, you know, man, when I speak, I speak a little too heavy. I'm not a schmoozer. I am not a, 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 a small talker. I don't know how to, you know, get people on my side. I talk straight truth. I'm a straight talk. I got the straight talk express. Straight talk express. Is that one of the buses from uh, what was his name when he was campaigning? In any case, uh, uh, I'm not good at, 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 at getting people to follow me because I'm just a, a kind of a loner and I talk straight. And God says, don't worry. First thing is I'll help you talk. And the other thing, I'm going to send you the diplomat. That's Aaron. And people are going to really love him. And don't worry. So we will have a team for you. Uh, you, you won't be alone. But then, then Moses says, you know what? Still, send, send somebody else. Send, it with, with, send somebody else. But these words, send somebody else, it's, it's, not, it's a mistranslation what I said. That's the explanation, but not the translation. It really means... Shlachna, please send biyad in the hand of tishlach, please send or send somebody or, or send a sender. It's not really clear exactly, but I found an explanation which I love so much. You know, Elijah the prophet has other names. One of his names is tishlach because it says hine anochi sholeach lachem et here I sent to you the Elijah the prophet, and so I'll send it to you. That's God promises that he'll send you Elijah the prophet. So one of his names, according to the Midrash, is Tishlach, the one who sent, the one you sent, the one you will send. And so he says, Shlach Tishlach. Don't send my Geula, the Moses Geula. Send the final Geula. Make this Geula be the last Geula. That, that comes back to, which is, I'll be with you in the, in the various troubles that you'll be with. Moses is like, forget it. Send the final Geula already. And God says, no, it's not time for that yet. It's time for the Moses Geula. Well, we need a Geula in every generation, uh, and we certainly need one right now. And I want to bless you, and I want to ask you for one more favor, if you don't mind. Write me an email, yishai at yishaifleischer.com. And I also want to ask if we have any people out there that want to be volunteers as part of uh, the Ishai Fleischer Projects Network and Kuma and Chevron, please write to me about that. Uh, are you good with graphics? Are you good with SEO? Are you good with uh, organization? Are you good with contact organization? Are you good with, uh, with uh, are you interested in organizing road trips? Please send me an email, Ishai at Ishaifleischer.com, and we'll be much, much happy to hear from you. And I want to send you blessings from the land of blessings. And I'm going to take a tiny little break, and I'm coming right back with the none other than the great hostess with the most, this Malka Fleischer. Stay tuned. More great stuff is on the way. And blessings from the land of blessings and shalom. All right, folks, we're back here on the Ishai Fleischer Show, joined by Malka Fleischer. Yay. Malka, welcome back to the show. God Thank bless you. Thank you. Welcome back from your trip. Thank you very much. You know, Malka, I've been less pushy about American Aliyah for the last few years. And, and that's because um, I've, you know, I came to the conclusion that my job is to not uh, make people feel distant from me and not to turn people off to Israel by giving them only one option of Aliyah and like also showing them that that's like the ultimate option. And if you're not there, you, you, you didn't measure up, right? And so I changed my whole tack in life to be more like my job is to connect you. My job is to help you feel more connected to the land of Israel. And I'm going to recommend to you drinking wine from the land of Israel. And I'm going to recommend to you uh, putting up a picture of the land of Israel in your house. And, and, and in general, the idea was that, 
that I, I wanted to tell people, we got to build it together, wherever your station in life is. And I'm not going to stoop them over the head with like- I don't think you would stoop people over the head. Uh, bump them, bop them over the head uh, with, with, with like, Aliyah is the only message. And so um, um, that's, that's where I've, that's like a, like a change that went right. over in my heart. But I want to tell you something that I've had a certain change of heart in the last few weeks. Oh, really? Not exactly a change of heart, but it's really, it's all a question of tactics. It's, 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 it's a tactical thing. Oh, I forgot to say that the most successful uh, message that I've had is the wine. But the other one, the people, what do you mean? Like things that people that you I, say to do that people start to do, right? That people do, and people tell me years oh, that later they like it, that they do it, that's and, nice, the, and that's that it changed nice. their life. I, I, I've, people stopped me on this trip, and they were like, "I heard you speak years ago somewhere, and you said you got to drink Friday night wine from the land of Israel, and I've been doing that for the last seven years, wow. and it's changed my life." Things wow. like that, people like that. Um, it could be grape juice from the land of Israel. Also. Well, yeah, but that's harder to find in the stores. But that's could be. True. But but the other thing that I tell people now, and people are all like, "Yes, you're right." I'm like, buy an apartment, just buy an apartment, get a piece of the rock, just get a piece of property. A nice in the land studio, of you can Airbnb it out or whatever. And people, you know, Airbnb. Everybody's got a kid that they want to put in there. Whatever it is, the point is, is that is I I say that to people. But I've had a a, a small change in the last few weeks. I, I've come to a realization that there's a force out there that wants to keep the Jews out of the land of what, Israel. What, this just occurred to you? It occurred to me that part of this corona blockade and part of uh, different different things that are happening, like, for, ex- for example, after the BLM riots in America, there was like a, a wave of interest in Israel. Right. Immediately after that, yeah. there was our own riots in the Arab Jewish cities, Jewish Arab cities. Right. As if to say, oh, don't look right, here. Right, it's the don't, same. No, 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 no. Yeah. And when I was just in Florida now, God bless it, uh, I, I saw how attractive you know it is. And I heard from everybody that there's this wave of New Yorkers and Californians moving to- Florida. To, to Miami and, and Miami area, South, South, South Florida. And uh, you know that includes Boca and all that. And so I, I was like, wait a minute. There's this- And other people told me that there was a wave coming to Israel of Aliyah and it kind of got like uh, subdued and 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 uh, dissipated. Dissipated. I had a diverted, vision. Diverted. Diverted. That was the word. I had a vision of uh, uh, which Greek guy, which Greek god uh, had uh, diverted the the rivers into the stables. Sorry, I think it was Atlas. I'm low. On my my. I think it was Atlas that that diverted the. I'm rivers. not brushed up on that. No. Okay. We got we got to get back into our Greek mythology. Yeah, In any case, okay. that was a joke. In any case, uh, I was just like. I was just like, um, there's a force that wants to stop Jews from coming home, and I've always known that. Yes. But 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 like a real Jew, there's something in me which is contrarian. Yes. And when you sense that like they want to stop you from coming home, that's when it's time to say like, hey 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 hey, we won't let you stop us from coming home. And there's people that want to come home right now. This is the time to do it. If you had a dream in your heart. If you ever thought about it, if it's calling you, this is the time. Well, we always felt that Jews should come home to the land of Israel. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, maintaining uh, warmth and love with people who didn't decide to make Aliyah. And you can't just, uh, like, turn your back on your brothers and sisters who didn't make that decision. But you and I, we've always stood very strongly for Aliyah. And every year we meet another person who, or another many people who made Aliyah, who are listeners of the Yishai Fleischer show, and say that they were listening and that it helped make uh, give them the push um, to make Aliyah. Um, but but uh, yeah, if anyone's ever asked us to make Aliyah, we've always said absolutely you should make sure, Aliyah. Of course, and that's with all the issues. That's with all the politics. That's with all the Bennett coalitions, Rom party. Uh, Gaza, Corona, whatever it is that you got, we always felt very that we could look people square in the eye and say, "Of course, you should make Aliyah." But this blockade that th- what blockade are you referring to? I'm talking about the the impossibility of now American Jews to come to Israel. You can't come on a pilot trip. You can't check right. it out. You can't right. see your now. Now, basically, go backwards. Basically, when you're listening, uh, we don't know when it is that people are listening to this show. So, if you're listening to the show, we're talking about. That the that Israel has dubbed the United States a quote unquote red country, which means that you're not allowed to go there and you're not allowed to come back from there. Basically, I mean, they can't really stop you from going there in reality. Like you could fly to Canada and then go to the United States, 
but um, but you cannot fly from the United States to Israel unless you have like special permission and you and getting special permission. You know, uh, speaking of Aliyah, um, the good news is that 4,000 American Jews made Aliyah this last year, which is the most American Aliyah since 1973, which is wonderful news. And we are so overjoyed that all of these wonderful people um, have come. And here in Judea, we've seen many, many new people who've come straight Aliyah, straight to Judea. Um, to be part of the beautiful story and to live here in the beautiful mountains of Judea. Um, that being said, the I've heard some kind of unpleasant stories, speaking of blockade. I've heard some unpleasant stories from people about the runaround and the difficulty of like doing the bureaucratic stuff to make Aliyah. Right. Like the, that was like that was like what they told you like years ago, like, oh, Israel bureaucracy. And you thought that it like would smooth over. Yeah, it would kind of calm down. And now there's like touch pads and there's, you don't have to fax stuff anymore. You could email it and, you know, it should be easier. But I've heard some crazy stories recently of- From reputable people. From reputable people, people that we know personally who have no uh, stake in making a, a stink about about Medina Israel, about the state of Israel, who've given us kind of nasty stories about, um, you know- um, copies of files and then this department didn't know that they had opened opened a file for this person already and the person had two files they're losing their documents my, they my have friend to get steve levitt at, at jewish press whose own mother's trying to make aliyah told me that he has now recorded many a stories from the jewish agency of them mysteriously losing files and right it's a sort of like incompetency which could freak a person out right incompetency is 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 the best case scenario but there's another scenario no, come on. Yeah, I'm going to speak it out. And that scenario is that is that not everybody in Israel wants American Olim. Why? Because they're more religious, they're more nationalistic, they have a they have a more liberty mindset and the the bureaucrats in these entrenched positions at the Jewish agency and other places and I've seen them and I've met them and I know exactly what they're about those guys you really think you're you're here throwing down a conspiracy theory saying that these people are trying to actively thwart American Alia yep that's, no, that, come that, on. that's right um, I that, don't think so I, I definitely think so and I definitely know these fo- these type of folks and I think that Israel is not a liberty based regime and it's based in a more bureaucratic more socialistic slash communistic kind of mindset and today there is i'll tell you the truth this is what people don't understand immigration migration is one of the most powerful issues in all of history and in our time the questions of migration i'll give you an example in america they're all about bringing uh, a lot of mexican and other south american people because they vote democrat so Democratic Party is interested in them. Here in Israel, Lieberman is interested in bringing in Russian... Uh, Slavic people. Slavic people who are oftentimes not Jewish or have a very tenuous relationship to Judaism. I don't mean in their personal... I mean who is their mom and who is their grandmother, that type of thing. And why? Because we know that they vote for his party. Uh, the jihad in general, one of the principles of jihad is immigration. Okay, You emigrate to a new place and you take it over. We've seen them do it in Europe. We've seen them do it, do it in London and in, and in Paris, etc. Migration is an incredibly powerful thing because 4,000 new American Jews in Israel is a lot, is a lot of force. Right, and if you meet American Jews, you also know how incredible they are. They are powerful. They are they- so powerful and full of energy and full of resources and full of ideas and they don't get, they don't like easily get um, defeated and so, yeah, they're, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with in the best, best, best possible way. But Ishai, the things you're saying might really scare some people listening to the show. So how is it that you can advocate for people coming and putting themselves in a situation which you call not based on liberties? Um, uh, because of despite that, there's a value of, of Jewish people uh, for a Jewish person. There's a value of living in the in the in this great land and in this great time, and and the Torah of the land of Israel is not like the Torah of outside the land of Israel. The people of the land of Israel are the most fabulous people in the world, uh, and and the state is a it still protects us more or less, 
the but God of Israel certainly protects the God us of Israel more protects, that's right. than less. And and this is a great time. And so if you if you want to tell me <clears throat> that you're coming here because of economic opportunities and because of liberties for an American Jew, I'm like, no, no, no. There have there are some liberties here and there is economic opportunities here, but not like in America. It's like if you if you want to put that equation out there, I'm gonna be like, no, it's not exactly right to say that it's a better equation per se. Uh, here than in than in you know South Florida. I wouldn't say that exactly. I would say that there's a great value. There's a great thing that happens to your neshama. There's a great promise that's being fulfilled. Your children will likely be much closer to everything spiritual and meaningful in this world. They'll grow up strong. They'll grow up healthy in the Holy Land. They'll grow up in what the Torah portion calls the land of milk and honey. And 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 they can also be part of bettering. Uh, the great state of Israel and making it that great thing that it can be. Right. But And that's a, that's definitely something that I think Olim should recognize. All Olim should recognize. Now, it used to be more obvious that you come to the land of Israel to contribute because there wasn't much here. But now that there's really a lot here, it's being treated like one of many countries. What's in it for me? Right. And while there is a tremendous amount that is in it for you and I think that you listed uh, you, you hit on the main points of what's in it for you really you have to understand that we're still building this thing and so you're right that the highways are mostly laid down and there's lots of tall buildings in Tel Aviv and and going up in Yerushalayim but um, there's more to do and there's more to achieve and the question is are you coming to the land of Israel just to get what's good or are you coming to Israel also to give some good right that's right. Absolutely correct. And and there's another thing, which is a Jewish person has an internal compass, an internal sensor of, of civilizational health. And I, w- I was in America now, and you know what? I actually saw not a little bit of civilizational health still. I saw plenty of- America's civil- a super nice country. Yeah. I saw plenty of civilizational health. But, 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 but like the future, where it's going, and American Jews have a greater challenge than, let's say, French Jews- if you're a French Jew, you're like, uh, Mayor, this thing is not working out, you know? And the same thing with Russian Jews. You're like, uh, you know, no, it's not a good country really so much for us. And British Jews, you know, they're like, okay, you can still make a living here, but it's not exactly awesome. And you have to kind of cover up your kippah, that type of thing. Um, and American Jews, if you send your kid to like college and stuff, then you are, gonna, you are going to uh, uh, come across civilizational decadence, certainly. Uh, but on the day to day, there's a lot of still normal, decent life. But if you have a, if you have that compass healthy, and it's not like covered in, you know, covered in in in, in desensitization, you're like the future is in Israel. The future of the Jewish people is in Israel. I want to be part of that future, and I want my kid to be part of that future. And by the way, I say this for people who are not going to make Aliyah, which is make sure that your kid is plugged into the story of Israel. For example, I have a good friend Masha. Uh, who heads up this organization called Club Z. And they have actually a conference coming up. Uh, and their conference is all about connecting young people to Israel and Zionism. And this conference is January 14th through 17th in Miami. Ooh. That's right. That's fun. Why didn't they ask me to speak? I don't know. Dude, anyway, well, they probably National Club Z Conference, a weekend of Jewish identity, Israel, and leadership. Three days of inspiration and making new friends from across the country. Uh, pool party and barbecue, okay? So <laughs> <laughs> that's what it says on the sign. So if you if you want more information on that, uh, check out Club Z. They are doing great stuff. And uh, you can write to me, Yishai, yishaifleischer.com. But they're, they're an example of, uh, and they're, they're also geared a lot for like Russian-American Jews, uh, but not just. Uh, but they're an example of people that want to be strong in, in their identity. Um, but, if, but of course, everybody understands now around the world where I've been, that the future of the Jewish people is Israel. That's the center of the Jewish future. Uh, and you want to plug into that. So some people are going to plug into that by making full aliyah. And I'm telling you right now, they're going to try to block you and you don't let them. You it, you go for the blood sport and win. You know what I mean? You get in there and win. And if you can't do that, uh, then, uh, then, uh, then, then, then find every, every conceivable way to plug yourself into the story. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hear right. that, and yeah. uh, and uh, I want to really send a blessing out to all those Jews and non-Jews out there. We have a friend out there, Jake, who is just supposed to get on a plane. 
to come to the land of Israel after a long time. And he'd been waiting and he'd been excited about it. And we were talking about it. And we were supposed to see him. Yeah, he was supposed to stay here. And eh, that's right. I got nixed. He got total nixed. cancellation. That's right. That's right. I'm in a I'm on a WhatsApp group here in my town of uh, women. So one woman is like, uh, my stepdaughter's mother wants to come for her birth, for the birth of her <laughs> like grandchild. What does she do now? And it's like, well, you fill out this and this and this and this, and the the and another lady is like. Um, I want to go, my daughter's having a baby in America and I'm scared if I go, I won't be able to come back. What do I do? And people are just like, <laughs> like nobody knows, nobody right. knows, nobody knows. Well, well, actually I just want to say, uh, that there are some people who know number one person right now out there and, and, and really God bless him is Dove Lipman. Yes. He's really doing some like activism on this level. And I really appreciate that because it is a, it is a dark, cold, lonely, confusing world when it comes to international travel. Dove Lipman will help you break. Yeah. The, the, and he's on Facebook. You can look yeah. him up for all you Facebook people. D-O-V Lipman, L-I-P-M-A-N. Dove Lipman, former Knesset member. He's doing a great and job. And he has, I forgot, it's called like Yad La Ole or something. Yeah. He has like a new organization which is meant to like help uh, immigrants who are like I, jaw I, on the floor, I, confused, I, you know don't know how to. I will interview. <laughs> which is Lee kind Nader. of surprising that he needs to have this organization. I want to like raise a shout out to Nefesh Benefesh and all the other uh Jewish agency and all these well, organizations is not going to do that are supposed to be helping people. I just want to say like, Hey guys, like you guys are totally awesome. But, uh, what's the deal? Like people are floundering and people feel so alone. And that's why Dove Lipman stepped up. That's all. Right. That's, I that's why people that. step up. That's, and you know what? I'm going to try to interview him for next that's week's a good, show. That is a good idea. I'll try a good to idea. For I'm sure show. you'll have lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah. That's a great idea. Actually. I'm excited about that. All right. Malka Fleischer. Uh, I want to, I know that, that this stuff is stressful. You have, you have kids. We have kids. Uh, in the school systems and all that kind of stuff, and I know that uh, that it's a little bit stressful. The the new uh, edicts yes, that have come they're, down, they're, they're clamping down again. And I don't know about you guys, but I have I think what they call pandemic fatigue or something. <laughs> like I'm done. I'm way done. I'm all the way done. I'm done. I'm done with this. Yeah. Moreover, they talking about this Omicron, which is like they're like I saw some um, somebody sent me a forward of they they covered it in the news. Uh, like a screenshot of their TV screen. They covered it in the news. What are the symptoms? It's like runny nose, sneezing, fatigue. And you're just like, I get that yeah. all the time. Like, yeah. It's called seasonal allergies. Yeah, seasonal allergies. I'm not going to burn down the rainforest for it. But it's like, <laughs> I just, uh, this is not to say, and I know this is like such the sensitive topic and vaccines, not vaccines you know what? and all that I, You stuff. know what? I get, I get nervous about talking about this stuff. But I, I do want to say that I think that the, I, I feel confident in saying that these closures are way, way too much. And I think for people who, you know, they're talk, they talk so much about health and health and health and health. And we're doing this for your health and it's your health. And it's like, do you not realize that there is such a greater issue of health? And people's like mental, I don't, I don't like talking about mental health because I don't know how Societal I always. Societal health. It's just like, it's, it starts to make you nuts and sad and lonely. Our little boy, Israel David Mordechai, he is supposed to be getting his sidur in school. And it's like a whole party and the parents come and, you know, everyone has their phone out and they're taking little pictures. and Everyone's so proud. They get the first sidur. They just notified us this week that the parents will not be invited to this party. No parents. And I basically was on a public bus transportation. I'm a little bit of a, I may be a little bit of an emotional person also. And I like take things hard. Do not touch Malka's sitter party moments. Okay. So I'm like crying on the bus. You don't understand Malka. She does not. Like texting to the, to the, you know, principal of the school. Who's the loveliest, nicest lady. And it's not her decision. And I, and she. Wait, wait. Yeah. What about doing it on, we'll be on Zoom. We, the parents will be on Zoom. So she, they might do something like that. They might do something yeah. like that. But like, is that the, like, can you just imagine a room full of children, like waving at the cameras yeah. with the parents? It's just like, why, 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 why are we doing this? And you know, for all of you who are parents out there, let's just commiserate for a second. It's like your kids have missed out on stuff and your kids have been pushed up and down and sideways, class, no class, mask, no mask, Zoom, no Zoom, want to go to school, don't want to go to school. It's been like parties, no parties, sleepovers, no sleepovers, bat mitzvahs, no bat mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, no bar mitzvahs. 
it's um it's known it's not nice it's not a it's not a nice way to be raising the kids and i'm trying to be cool but that is not my natural setting my natural setting is to be mad about this stuff all right all right, I totally but, you understand. Know, I guess it's I guess it's time for parents also but to just learn to be strong and There's to, a way to overcome this right now, Malka. We yeah. have to celebrate. And we have a holiday coming up right now, December 25th, okay? <laughs> We're going to be celebrating December 25th this year in two different ways. Number 1, it's Settlers Day. Okay? It's the day when a Jew was born in the second uh, uh, in the second uh, commonwealth of Israel. In Judea, was born in Bethlehem. Second Temple period. And and so Second Temple Jew born here. And you see, that means the Jewish people have been here for the last 2,000 years. We Acknowledgement. Ce- that's right. We celebrate Settlers Day. I tweeted this thing and I call it, I say, Mazel Tov, are you getting ready for December 25th, Settlers Day, celebrating the last 2,000 years of Jewish life in Judea? <laughs> and then I had a little, uh, what's it called, this thing? What's this thing uh, called? A gif? A gif. It's called, and then you see a guy that says, okay, it's settled. I'm like, Exactly. Uh, so that's one way and that's like a more cutesy political way, but I actually have a more spiritual way of celebrating it. Uh, this is to help, uh, my, my, my Christian friends, uh, and the like move into a more, what you might call the old Testament way of thinking. Torah Torah thinking. That's what I would call it. Torah Bible way of thinking, which is King David day, international King David day, also born in Bethlehem and, uh, a root of Messiah. And it's like, let's actually, Let's actually use this Pick moment. Pick a different persona. Right. Let's 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 get together around King David, and I want everybody this December twenty fifth to we say the time. We can all get behind King David. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to diss anybody, and I'm not trying to say anything bad. I'm saying let's, let's get together on King David. Let's and and for God's sake, if somebody deserves an international holiday, it's King David. You know what I mean? If, if somebody deserves a like a a lechaim, and 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 one of my realizations throughout like. My job in this world is to bring the consciousness of Eretz Israel, to bring God's presence into Eretz Israel. And I realized that I have another like third wing of that, which is to three bring- Three wings. Three, th- three legs. That's not enough legs. No, it's good. That's a triangle. It's a very stable- It's a very, very stable- uh, So it's a form. furniture, not like an animal. Right. Not okay. an animal. No, furniture. <laughs> and the furniture is the table and that- t- that, that, that third But like leg- an Ikea, like a cool one. Oh yeah, really cool. Like a yin-yang table- uh, anyway, the 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 third leg is King David. We've got to bring King David consciousness into the world, and certainly into Israel. King David. That consciousness. would be great. It's true, King. You know, by the way, speaking of David, I was reading a uh, like a little article on what are the most popular names in Israel. So it happens to be that Mohammed is the most popular. <laughs> <laughs> Which like kind of made me laugh and kind of didn't make me laugh. But probably know him like Muhammad Finkelstein. Or I think something. it's just such a universally like accepted like everyone names their kid Mohammed. Yeah. Who is Arab. or Menachem Mendel? Those are the so, two. So so the Jewish like the next one or whatever that was Jewish was David. I want to see that article. People like to you name must their send me that David. article. I need it happens to, to be that the most popular name for girls is is still like for years already it's Tamar. Uh-huh. But it's Mohammed v David. Interesting. That's what it is. Muhammad V. David. I might call the show that. All right, folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show. Thank you so much to all of our sponsors, including Prohibition Pickle, uh, JewishPress.com, and of course the Hebron Fund, hebronfund.org. Please support the Tomb of the Fathers and Mothers, the foundations of Jewish peoplehood, and the strong Jewish community there today. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Please buy me a cup of coffee if you don't mind. Buy Malka a cup of coffee by going to I've buy me. I started drinking coffee. Thank God. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. It's a way to support the show. Uh, and it's a great way to to support uh, Torah going through the internet. And, and you and sign up when, and when you don't when you buy us a coffee, then you also sign up to get Yishai's frankly really cool emails. That's right. Just once a week. There you go. Uh, and also, uh, if you want to donate to bigger projects, including the Israel Biblical Highway, uh, including uh, beautification projects in Hebron uh, that other people can't do exactly, all kinds of beautiful things that, that, that we're doing through our projects. And of course, the show, that's at yishaifleischer.com. Check out the donate page. We have like every single way uh, to get the money out of your wallet <laughs> and into ours. Anyway. Uh, Not so, into ours, into our 501c3. That's right. And actually, it's, it's really... And we're, we're very clean with your money. Yeah, that's right. Bezrat Hashem. And things go to get yes, things we, we done. Yes, tr- we try very hard to be things straight and done. narrow. That's right. That's right. All right, folks. So that is great stuff uh, that you're a part of when you're listening to the show. And uh, you're part of, most importantly, the great broadcast from the sky, from the heavens. 
coming down to the earth, which is Hashem. He's broadcasting 24-7. All you have to do is tune in and get your blessings from the land of blessings. Maka Fleischer, thanks so much for being with me. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom. And Shabbat Shalom to all of you. God bless and lots of love. Rejuvenate yourself with Rejuvenation, hosted by Eve Harrow. New episode every Tuesday on the Land of Israel Network. Each week, Eve interviews a new fascinating person, highlighting their personal stories. That's Rejuvenation with Eve Harrow, connecting Israel's past, present, and future on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.